Yo, welcome to Voice Acting Up, a podcast where I interview working voice actors who are working their way up. I'm Sean Rohani, and today I chat with multi-talented voice actor and singer Bonnie Gordon. From the Louisiana Bayou to Disney World, Vegas, and eventually L.A., Bonnie has been around and learned a lot. So for those of you that, unlike me, won't have your mind simply blown by the fact that she performs at the Magic Castle, there's a lot more that'll blow your mind. And we talk voiceover too, okay? Jeez. What is the very first paid voiceover gig you got or that you can remember? And what are some of your favorite ones that you could talk about? Okay. Oh, gosh. My very first. Actually, I think my very first, first voiceover I ever did was when I was living in Vegas back in 2008. No, huh. 2007. And it, I don't even consider it. I guess it's a real. Yeah, it would be a real voiceover gig. I got paid to do a voice. It was for like some educational book program thing to teach children English and I was a bunch of little characters like you know, the cookies are over here you know it was like <laughs> like some animation thing but I don't I don't honestly remember much about it and then when I moved to LA I was I got to do a few promos for some magicians actually because I work at the Magic Castle and I got hired to do there was a magician named Shidini who was doing like a show in New Orleans and they had me do like Shidini and then have like weird like <laughs> Shidini and like sing a little. It's like weird, like mesmerizing, enchanting, <laughs> you know, like kind of like seducing type voiceover. So I, I guess that was like my first first one. And I wasn't even doing voiceovers then. So it was how mostly, did they even know that like they were you like, can do Bonnie that can talk. That's <laughs> how it came about. Um I have I come from a theater background, so I already have done a lot of voices, a lot of music, that type of thing with my theater background. And so whenever, um, oh, you're definitely going to hear, I apologize. You're going to hear some uh, landscaping in the background. So oh, no worries. everyone needs a leaf blower in a podcast. <laughs> I think they just, I was available. I was at the time with this company that I did it for, I was the only girl mm -hmm. and the only one that was, had an entertainment background. So they were like, let's just record Bonnie mm -hmm. saying it. And that's all she wrote. That's and she cool. didn't even write it. <laughs> Beautiful. And um, what are some, like, obviously you've done a lot since then. And uh, so are there any that sort of pop out that you really enjoyed working on? I think most people know me. My first, like, big credit that a lot of people associate with me voiceover-wise would be Street Fighter. I'm the voice of Rainbow mm -hmm. Mika in Street Fighter V. Uh, also Mega Man. I'm the voice of Bounce Man in the Mega Man uh, Mega Man 11. Uh, so a lot of video games that come from Capcom and Nintendo, um, the Fire Emblem series, I'm in a lot of those. But recently I started kind of moving towards, you know, more bigger projects, which is fantastic. And uh, I, I did quite a few characters on Mighty Magiswords, which was on Cartoon Network for a few seasons. Okay, nice. And then I have a big thing that I can't wait to announce that I've been sitting on for so long. I've been and sitting now on is the moment you now, announce it. <laughs> I wish, honestly, I really wish I could, you know, um, yeah. so many NDAs, but um, I can't wait. And let's just say it's it's uh, it's a very big thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah, you're doing the right thing. <laughs> but so and look, man, there's so much that I want to talk about. Basically, what I have in mind 
The majority of this interview will be me attempting to not only talk about the Magic Castle, as amazing as everything else you've done is,、um, no. just because that blows my mind. So <laughs> I totally understand. It's my favorite place in the world. We can talk. We can. The rest of the podcast could be about the Magic Castle, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> That's very kind of you. <laughs> But before we get to anything else.、Um, Like I know that you're from, so I like to get the backstory of people, and I know that you're originally from Louisiana, right? Born and raised on the Bayou. Beautiful, Cajun so, country. That's that's awesome. I mean, I've only, I've only been to. I worked briefly on like a military base in Louisiana, but like I've been in New Orleans for about two hours once, and、oh. I really want to go again. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Two hours might be all you need. No, it's it's an amazing <laughs> city. Actually, I was just there not、uh, a few weeks ago,、uh, visiting、okay. family, seeing New Orleans, seeing my. My newborn nephew, but yeah, New,、oh, uh, nice. Louisiana is kind of its own world, in my opinion. Different culture, different music, different food.、Uh, so many strange dialects, and、uh, I'm so grateful that I didn't pick up a Cajun accent as my natural speaking voice because <laughs> it's actually one of the few accents I can't do. And a lot of people come to me asking me to do a Cajun accent. They're like, "Oh, Bonnie's from you know Cajun country. She can do this." And I, apparently, my brain. Refuses to let me.、Um, I can tell you when it's wrong. If you do one, I can say no, that's not right. But I can't physically、right. do it well. I'm sure. Could you do the wrong version that you've? I'm sure heard plenty of times on TV and stuff. Oh gosh! But it just wouldn't oh, be right. Oh,、yeah. oh! It's so bad. But you know, and also just French in general. You know, is such a beautiful language. But Cajun French, like you say something like you know. Uh, bonjour, je suis une petite fille. Est-ce que tu me le permets? But in Cajun French, it's bonjour. Je suis en TV. Est-ce que tu le permets? Which is hello. I'm a little girl. Do you want to play badminton? Which I'll never use in a conversation, but I'll try.、Uh, you know, that's one of the things that I'm really interested about, though, because I remember back in the day. Well, first of all, like you said,、uh, Louisiana is. It's so interesting because it's like in the South, but it's definitely its own vibe. It's got like a combination of French and Spanish influence, and other、mm-hmm. like multiple cultures and and foods and yeah. And, but one of the things that I learned to your point was there are places that like there are still people that only speak French in that region,、yes. but it's a different French, like、mm-hmm. which I thought it sounded cooler. Like I forgot where I learned this from, but. For example, like the word for hummingbird, I don't know it, but like in French, there's a word for hummingbird. But in like Cajun French, what they do is a lot of like compound words. So like it's literally like、uh, flower sucker. That's <laughs> that like、sense. the Cajun way to say it. Yeah,、yep. which I love. <laughs> it's I remember as a little girl growing up watching the local news, and they would do the weather in English, and then the weather in Cajun French. That's、oh, how.、Wow. That's how. Uh, many people in my hometown would still speak like only French. It was it's really interesting, or that were more French dominant, like Cajun French, and、mm-hmm. especially if you get like really deep into the bayous and the you know the swamp, <laughs> the swamp people. Basically,、uh, <laughs> you, I, you can find so many different incredible dialects and and voices. I when I go home, I voice memo. All around, like we go to the grocery store. I, I may, probably shouldn't say this because I'm recording people without their consent. <laughs> but I'll just press record and listen in on conversations because their voices are so interesting. And I'm like, it just always fascinates me different people's dialects and voices, especially as a voiceover actor, wanting to like catch some of those nuances. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's such a that is a good exercise. Whether or not it's legal, who cares? For everybody, <laughs> I'm not listening. posting it anywhere. It's just for my own personal yeah. use. Even, that might be even creepier, but okay. <laughs> but no, that's a great idea. So I know, like you mentioned, that you had lived in um, Vegas not so long ago. So, like, mm-hmm. how long were you in Louisiana? And first of all, how, were you in like New Orleans or or just outside of it? I was a uh, yeah. I'm, I'm from Lafayette, Louisiana, so I was a okay. couple hours away from New Orleans. But Hurricane Katrina kind of really just devastated the whole state, both, you know, physically and financially. I was going to college and after Katrina hit, I was like, oh, this is a good exit cue, I felt, because I I wanted to fly the coop, so to speak, leave the nest. I want I I got accepted into NYU and uh, University of Boulder and really wanted to leave the state, but couldn't afford it. So ended up staying in Louisiana. And then once. Katrina hit, they were pulling scholarships left and right, trying to find money to rebuild New Orleans. And the first place to start cutting, for some sad reason, education was the was a lot of the funding that got cut in our state. And oh. the arts was even more so hit. So being a musical theater major, opera minor, I kind of didn't matter. Oh, uh, that's too and, bad. And it's fine, you know. It actually gave me a perfect excuse to where I was like, you know what, this might be a great exit cue for me. And I actually moved to Florida, worked for Disney World for a little while. Oh, wow. Got ca- yeah, got cast in a show outside of Disney called Tony and Tina's Wedding, which is a, a interactive dinner show um, that takes, it's an, you know, a, an Italian New York Jersey <laughs> kind of wedding. Very fun, interactive show. And I, I did that for a while in Orlando, and then they transferred me to the Vegas cast. Uh, the producer transferred me to the Vegas cast, which wow. was Amazing. I was very young. I, I was like 20, 21, uh, arriving in Vegas, you know, s- this girl from a small little, you know, Louisiana town. And I was like, well, bright lights, big city. Because, <laughs> you know, Orlando can't prepare you for Vegas. <laughs> I went from one extreme to another. Yeah. And lived in Vegas for a while. I did I did a lot of shows there. I was an actor in the Star Trek experience, which was an interactive Star Trek show. Wow. I uh, I sang with a couple bands. <laughs> and I was doing just a whole bunch of stuff out there, but made the move to L.A., you know, in 2008. Okay. The recession hit and Vegas was kind of shutting down and I wanted a change. I didn't want to get stuck in Vegas. You know, mm-hmm. that, that scared me. I was like, oh, <laughs> I could I could just waste away here in the desert. Right. And Man, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, I mean, I. Before I pick the millions of questions I have in my head, because it's already an epic life story, I'm just curious, like, <laughs> did performance play a role, like, in your, you know, youth in um, Louisiana before you majored in it in college? Most definitely. I was a weird kid. Um, I mean, you know, we all say we are, but I, I was a weird kid. I was, like, <laughs> huge fantasy sci-fi dork. I had fairies and wizards and dragons all in my room. Uh, you know, all the cool kids were listening to like new kids on the block. I was listening to the soundtrack of Riverdance. I-, I was that level of weird. <laughs> That's awesome. And then uh, just got into trying to figure out how to channel my energy. I had severe ADHD, still do, but kind of needed to figure out how to channel that energy and discovered community theater. I, I actually got cast in Peter Pan, um, <laughs> which was like one of the first shows I did as a kid. And I was like, oh, Oh, I found my people. I was also, I, I played Annie when I was little, when I was younger in this like little, you know, production again, again, this was, you know, small town, Louisiana community theater, but it opened up a whole new world for me. And then in high school, I 
you know, I was still kind of weird, still didn't know what I was doing. And I discovered speech, you know, like the whole speech and debate. I didn't really do debate, but I did speech pretty much like competitive drama. I did humorous duo, duet, dramatic interp. So I did all, I did them all. And I, that's when I realized, oh, I, not only do I really enjoy this, but I'm actually good at this. I was getting like first in the state. (laughs) I was going to nationals every year. Um, just doing really well in speech. What my strong point was uh, doing humorous was popping into different characters and doing voices. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of speech is how I discovered that I can do these wacky characters. Uh, I remember my sophomore year, I did Alice in Wonderland and I didn't want to cut any of the characters. You have to condense the script to 10 minutes, (laughs) you know, 10 to 12 minutes. And I think I kept in, I would say a good like 16 characters in the show in in my in my presentation of it and that's when i realized you know i could do all these weird you know character voices and people like them and and it was a way for me to kind of express myself and channel my talent and my energy so that's that's what i wanted to do with speech and drama and theater i just kind of discovered a channel of myself and music Mm -hmm. and went full throttle into majoring into that in college and then not even completing college because I am a dropout. Oh no. (laughs) It's okay. Oh no. (laughs) Stay in school kids. Stay in school. If you're listening, they know by now you can get a proper education outside of school too. not to discourage them from, from school, but like, like you honestly, you probably learned a lot more about the industry, like going, you know, working at Disney World and then going and working at the dinner show and moving over to Vegas. And then like, it was a lot of trial by error. Don't get me wrong. But uh-huh. I was, I, you know, it's funny because I was very lucky. Um, and my mom always jokes how lucky I am to where something will happen to me. And then, you know, I'll be like, oh, no, what am I going to do? And then the universe just is like, oh, don't worry, Bonnie. You know, and I'm a big believer in energy. I know this is so cheesy but i'm i like to try and always be a very positive and happy person and kind of put that energy out into the world Mm -hmm. uh even if i'm in a bad place because i feel like that's kind of what you'll get back in return eventually and just kind of helping others and like oh you know i'll work on your project for you and help you with this and then later down the road it just the connections i've made and the just the being being a nice kind person has really helped and the universe just kind of serendipitied me some really fun opportunities like getting transferred to Vegas and you know me getting a job at the Magic Castle was the luck of the draw of me just being invited there by a magician that I knew from Vegas going there showing up falling in love with the place and basically asking every day at the front desk if how I could apply or find a job there and they just thought I was kind of nuts but the universe eventually was like okay well she's not gonna stop so let's try and give her a job there (laughs) and then it just escalated from there yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's that's not hokey at all and and if it's if there are more i don't know um like cynical people listening it's the same can be said using practical words i mean you you develop your skills and you Mm -hmm. just be nice to people like eventually you have to sort of trust that your skills will create the opportunities or prepare you for the opportunities when they come, even if you don't know what the next one is. Right. So, and and in in this industry, like in the entertainment industry, like I'm still just kind of the bottom of the totem pole, you know, I'm still just barely, I wouldn't say surviving, but just, you know, I'm not, Mm -hmm. I'm nowhere near the level of 
where I want to be and, and, and some of my peers are. And, you know, we all mm -hmm. reach for those goals. But um, in other people's eyes, or especially like, say, like friends back home, they're like, oh, you're so successful. You do this, this and this. And I'm like, well, my life is actually not very glamorous at all. <laughs> right. But it's this is that <laughs> optical illusion of like, well, you do this, this and this. The reason I'm saying this is I, I so many people come out to Hollywood expecting success and fame or whatnot, and that's doing it for the wrong reasons, A. And mm -hmm. B, it never happens overnight. It never happens fast. You know, I'm 35 years old. I don't look it. But I'm 35 <laughs> years old and, yeah. you know, been performing, you know, or and I've been like singing professionally since I was 16, still nowhere, still don't really have a music career. You know, I've been mm -hmm. I've been performing professionally since, you know, high school, college still barely scratching the surface of that. So, right. you know, people just expect things to happen right away. Like, oh, I want to get into voiceover. And for some, it does. For some, it does. But mm -hmm. a lot of people come to me and go, oh, I want to get into voiceover. I want to do this, this, and this. And then I'm like, okay, but just be prepared to put the work in. It, you know, it's always a hustle. You know, you know the hustle. We're yeah. doing the hustle yeah. dance. And I, I could tell right away, because I think I first met you at Johnny Gickham's, uh, he had the Zoom workshops, and and you definitely have the hustle like uh, and the work ethic and the talent. But um, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Because sometimes you'll meet people too that are like, I just want to do voiceover and that's mm -hmm. it. And and it's like you, like you, you know, you're, you're not where you want to be yet, but like you have so many skills and talents. You can sing, you've performed on stage, you, you know, you can do a bunch of different characters and impressions. So like it's, you really have to diversify sort mm -hmm. of your skill set to, to even have a chance to figure out what works and, and what takes and find that path up. And yeah. I still have like five jobs. I still can't even make a living doing this, you know, that, and that's what people need to realize. Like, don't be afraid to work doing other things to invest in yourself and invest in, a, in, in the career that you want. Like on the side, I'm also a property manager. I manage three apartment buildings in North Hollywood, like 80 apartments. It's like having 80 very needy children with toilets that are always oh, breaking. Wow. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> a, a shout out to my tenants if they're listening. Uh, <laughs> you know, if your toilet breaks, let me know. Um, but no, it, you know, it's, it's a lot. And I do, and I have a lot of responsibilities with managing these buildings and, you know, it's a job I really don't get paid for. I get, you know, obviously a, a rent credit and it, mm. it, it makes living in L.A. affordable. But that's the only reason I've been able to continue this hustle for so long is a job like that that allows me to not worry about where is my rent coming going to be coming from next. Because, you know, there's a lot of uh, jobs in L.A., a lot of voiceover work. You know, when you look at uh, a lot of the video game and anime world, uh, a lot of those gigs are non-union. and you know, don't pay as well as the union SAG gigs, which I'm now SAG and I'm very grateful to have those jobs. But it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's a constant like and I, and you're always losing roles to bigger names. I can't tell you that I, how many roles that I've actually booked and gotten really huh. far in. And then and then executives or, you know, something happens to where they say, we're so sorry, like, you know, you don't have enough Instagram followers or, you, you know, you oh, just man. you're not a big enough name. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. It's. It's just the way it happens, and you just got to be thankful for the opportunities that it, it 
it, it gets you one step closer to where you want to be. I'm just rambling. Yeah. It, feel free to just kind of throw <laughs> no, I an mean, ADHD I, pillow at my face and say, <laughs> Bonnie, stop rambling, please. Hey, I, I could relate 100%. I'm sure listeners will agree. But <laughs> I, I, well, first of all, thank you for keeping it so real because not a lot mm-hmm. of people will do that. You're very positive, but you're also being real about the situation and sort of um, the sacrifices you have to make. But mm-hmm. um, just to backtrack a little bit, because I know like you'd mentioned uh, for Alice in Wonderland, for example, you you did so many different voices and, and you realized you had sort of a, a knack for that. At that time, did you think, oh, like voice acting could be a career path for me? Or was it just, did you like narrow it down or was it just entertainment across the board, whatever comes? No idea. You know, I'm... The way I got into voiceover is so bizarre and weird. And everyone listening is going to go, are you kidding me? Anyone who knows (laughs) famous voiceover actors are going to know these names that I throw out there. But I had no idea that voiceover could actually be like a career or, you know, like, you know, it just wasn't something on my mind. When I moved to L.A., I thought I was going to continue doing theater, maybe audition for like some on-screen stuff. Didn't even think about voiceover. And I ended up. Uh, meeting some amazing nerdy people, incredible actors, incredible group of creatives. And we were doing a 1920s radio play live in front of an audience. And it's a really fun show. Uh, You can even look it up. They record it live. It's called Tales of the Extraordinary. It's been going on for years and years. And it stars, uh, you know, some very, some very um, well-known voiceover actors like Matt Mercer, uh, Taliesin Jaffe. (laughs) And so, these are people that when I first moved to LA, I was lucky enough to get to know on a very, you know, personal level. And they became really dear friends of mine and still are. Uh, my goodness, they're incredible. Now, like, you know, the critical role, <laughs> the roles, that the things that they have made for themselves, you know, same thing with Marisha Ray. We all did a stage show together called Adventure. It was like a 19, it was like a post-apocalyptic um, show, stage show run by our friend um, Coleman. And, and it, just to share a stage with some of these amazing voiceover actors. Anyway, I, I digress. Uh, <laughs> I was awesome. I was one of these audience members that just got one day luck. I was lucky enough to get pulled up from the audience to be on stage to do like a voice or two because they, you know, they were they didn't have as many females in the show. Mm-hmm. And I got, jumped up and did like you know this young like oh fall that you know and I did this cute little like ridiculous. I, I, I don't want to say British because I'm sure my accent was horrendous to an actual Brit. Transatlantic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, father, please take me with you. You know, it was like one of those things. And mm-hmm. um, and a lot of them were like, well, wait a minute. Have you ever thought about doing voiceover? And I was like, that's a thing. That's a thing that you all do. <laughs> and I was so lucky that they took a chance on me. I think a few of them, they were working on like some kind of small little video game. Um, you'll see my cat in the background. I'm so sorry. Um, (laughs) it's all good. Uh, they were working on some kind of small, like some cute little, you know, video game. And I think one of the girls dropped out last minute for a family emergency who was playing one of the villains. And, um, I believe it was Talison. Talison Jaffe recommended me to the studio because they had a very strict deadline and they were like, we need someone who can do this voice. And he goes, I know a girl, she lives down the street. Let me call her in. And, And because I, you know, that was my first time doing anything professional in a studio for voiceover that wasn't like a friend going, hey, Bonnie, read this sentence. And it kind of opened up a whole new world for me. And that studio started calling me in for more auditions. Uh, I started booking bigger 
you know, projects with them. And that's init- and that's eventually how I booked Street Fighter. And then that's kind of opened up a few more doors as well. <laughs> wow. It's really interesting that, you know, like you said, you have these these big, talented voice actors um, that you worked with before you even knew voice acting was a thing. And they're the ones that told you, have you ever considered voiceover? It's like you you passed that first hurdle because you got the respect from the pros that were doing it. Yeah, um, yeah. And this was before Critical Role, before, you know, so now I don't, I don't even think that, you know, I, they're probably the most nicest people you'll ever meet and we're still amazing friends. But, you know, mm-hmm. if I had met them today right. on the same level that they are today, I would have probably just been like so starstruck and been like, I can't share a stage with you and like freaked out. But again, <laughs> when I first moved here, I didn't know anyone. I didn't know the industry. I didn't know who was famous or who, I didn't know anyone. I was... I started out carding people at the Magic Castle and I'd be carding celebrities going, you're not Shia LaBeouf. I need to see your real ID. And then I'm looking again. I'm like, you are Shia LaBeouf. And I apologize, sir. Please write this way. Like, I'm, I'm an idiot. I apologize. You know, I, it was just a whole new world for me of just being thrown into this industry without any real experience besides, you know, theater. Right. Like, but it's crazy how like it was a new world for you. But at that point, it's not like entertainment was new to you. I mean, you lived in two different states performing some form of entertainment <laughs> yeah. uh, before moving to California. So that's awesome. But um, so you mentioned like eventually that led to you um, like booking things like Street Fighter. At that point, like the gap between, you know, Mercer and those guys and ladies telling you, uh, oh, have you considered voice acting mm-hmm. to you like booking Street Fighter, for example, um, did you take steps to like get the training and, and do the demo and, and get an agent at that point? Or was it still like, oh, well, whatever comes, sure, I'll give it a shot. I wish I said, I wish I could say <laughs> that I did. I honestly, uh, I did not, I, this industry, I was so green to it. And I wish I would have, in retrospect, done more workshops, done more classes, like from the beginning. Cause mm. now I, you know, I start to realize, hey, you know, taking more classes and workshops, it helps you so much. It doesn't matter what level of professional you are. Um, just being in the environment with other professionals and and having some having another person to bounce off auditions with and another set of ears with a coach, like it it just makes a world of difference. So I wish I could go back and tell myself, younger self, self, <laughs> you should do this because I feel like I would be so much more predominant, predominant. I would be so That's much impressive. more. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you should hear me say prestidigitation. Uh, I'd be so much more, you know, further in my career than I am now. I feel if I'd have taken the time necessary to really invest in myself when yeah. I was younger. Uh, you know, I did not have demo reels. Really, I I didn't get a voiceover agent until COVID pandemic. So oh, wow. so so many people are like. You know, as I as I started doing voiceovers and getting more and more jobs, I had a lot of friends coming up to me asking me like, oh, can you introduce me to your agent? Can you give your voiceover reel or can I give you my voiceover reel to give to my agent? And I'm like, I I, I don't have a voiceover agent. I, <laughs> I am so sorry. I cannot help you. And I've just been very lucky and um, blessed that a lot of my jobs came from my reputation came from word of mouth, came from recommendations from others, came from just sheer luck. Like Mm -hmm. I'll be in for one project and then they realize, oh, we actually have this other thing and we need someone with a low, you know, villain voice or, oh, 
if only we had a singer for this one thing. And I'm like, hey, hey, I did. I don't think you know that I also do this, but I also do this. And, right. and it just kind of dominoes into, you know, it's all about really selling yourself um, and really, you know, I always say that my confidence is an optical illusion because I might be, you know, one of the most self-conscious people I know about mm -hmm. myself. But I also know that holding yourself with confidence and really, you know, believing that you are the right person for this job and believing in your craft and saying, no, I'm here for a reason uh, really makes all the difference. Because if you're hesitant, if you're scared, if you're nervous, they can tell. Casting people can tell. Mm -hmm. But if you go in and be like, no, this is this is why this is why I'm here, basically. Right. And yeah, absolutely. Doesn't always work, but <laughs> sure. usually am I I can I can fake the whole fake it till you make it thing is <laughs> I should get that tattooed on my upper thigh. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it is it, it's tough to do, especially if you know you're somebody that as many actors are, maybe they're self-conscious or a lot are even introverts mm -hmm. and st stuff. But yeah, it makes a huge difference to sort of own your space and and exude confidence, even if you don't feel it on the inside. Mm -hmm. um, but that's Im impressive that, you know, considering because obviously there's there's a large non-union like voice acting world where they don't even need agents. It's more like entrepreneurial. People make a living doing that on their own. But mm -hmm. you kind of had that the referrals and every all this work without agents for work that typically would have agents like for video games and other things and stuff has that changed for you since you signed with an agent or like would you say it's still the vast majority is like relationships and word of mouth um for your skills it's it's still a little bit of both um i will say this since having an agent i didn't realize the amount of auditions voiceover actors actually get until I got signed and I started getting auditions every week. And I went, wait, is this like the normal amount? Because <laughs> I'm kind of in shock and excited at the same time. Because I, I was being, I was finally going to be able to audition for, you know, bigger projects and bigger things. You know, getting mm -hmm. auditions for things like DreamWorks and Disney and Netflix and, and you know, Nickelodeon. These are audition. These are things that I was never able to audition with before because I didn't have access to those auditions. Right. Um, I was very lucky to book a show with Cartoon Network. And that was because, honestly, because of my comedy band, the Library Bards. Hmm. I'm in a nerdy comedy band, parody uh, band, if you will. And we travel all over the world performing at Comic Cons and like nerd events. And we were performing at a comedy music festival in Chicago. And one of the other acts, who's amazing, is the great Luke Ski. And another one of the acts is uh, TV's Kyle. And TV's Kyle is the creator of a show on Cartoon Network. Uh, <laughs> the Great Lewski was a was a storyboard artist on the show. And so we be, all became friends. And uh, TV's Kyle was looking for, they were looking for kind of like an, a band to play for the premiere party of the show, The Mighty Magiswords. And okay. so the Library Bards got hired to play the Cartoon Network <laughs> premiere party. And... We wrote a song about the show, even though the show hadn't aired yet. We watched like little shorts on YouTube and like created a song about the show. And Xander and I play, like did the voices of the characters on in the <laughs> song. And I remember him coming up to me and going, do you do voices? And I was like, I do. And I, of course, me being me started like that. I old ladies and little, little babies. <laughs> and, that, you know, I just started mm -hmm. throwing 
throwing out random stuff. It was probably a little bit overwhelming, but <laughs> you know, we all became good friends and we're, we're visiting and whatnot. And finally he was like, you know what, actually, um, you have to join SAG, but I got, I got a role for you. And he started writing me into the show because he, <laughs> you know, and that's the beauty of networking in the city is that you never know just making a friend can do in the city like and, yeah. and someone believing in your talent and i have you know tv's kyle and the great luke ski to thank for really helping me uh jump to that next uh step in my career sure because uh i don't think i would ever have had the guts to join sag if i wasn't kind of forced to <laughs> <laughs> right i think that's I, most like, people yeah <laughs> i was sag eligible for so many years and i was like i, I just can't do it I, oh. I just can't do it and then he was like, you have to join SAG. And I'm like, oh, well, if I have to. So they <laughs> were the awesome, ones that really kind of pushed me off the the join SAG cliff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even get to jump. They just kind of kicked me off of it. So, <laughs> that was part one with Bonnie Gordon. I really admire Bonnie's hustle and ability to pitch herself and create her own opportunities and impart other wisdoms like tip number one. If you notice any interesting people, animals, or sounds in your surroundings, record them using something like voice memos on your phone. Obviously you want to be observant, but actually recording them will make it much easier for you to study and practice characters based on them. Two, don't be afraid to work other jobs if they allow you to invest time, money, and energy into your dreams. It's not uncommon for a dream career to take many years to blossom, but working side jobs will help you towards your dream and even leapfrog others who give up on the same dream. And three, don't be too polite to speak up if you can help producers or directors solve a problem. Bonnie got many gigs just by volunteering when the director was missing something, whether they needed someone who could sing or just be available for a last minute session. It's a huge way to turn your job into a career. And on that note, may all you voice actors keep acting up.